This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki here with Frank Stephenson, legendary automotive designer and star of the recent documentary Chasing Perfect about his life and career. Frank, welcome to the show. Hello, James. Nice to be here. This conversation is ultimately leading toward basically the flying vehicle that you're working on. And I want to get to that in a minute, but I want to kind of contextualize mm -hmm. it sure. in the scope of the work that you have done and the work that you are known for. You've done this kind of legendary work for places like Ford, BMW, Ferrari, Maserati, Fiat, McLaren. Is there one car, one project that sticks out in your mind or even that you just think you're best known for to kind of contextualize for people the level of work that you do? Yeah, the first car, I guess it was what we could call an international hit was the new Mini, which kind of brought back the fun in small car motoring. So, you know, up to a point, cars, the small cars has always been sort of economic boxes to get from A to B in. And the new Mini, I guess, when it came out at the beginning of the, the millennium, 2000, it kind of showed people that small cars can be safe and a lot of fun to drive a lot of fun to own because they're, the, the Mini was, or still is, extremely customizable, so you can make it your own. It was kind of walking down the middle or splitting the feminine and the male taste for cars. So it wasn't a chick's car and it wasn't a pure guy's car. You could sort of be dri uh, driving it and not be seen as a stereotyped uh, type of driver, kind of classless at the same time where... It wasn't restricted to students or to high-worth individuals. Anybody would drive the Mini and still be happy with it. So that kind of that kind of was the project, I guess, that kind of got me out there and enabled me, I would say, to sort of go off and do more challenging projects in the automotive industry. You went on from there to do, I don't know, what I, as the layperson, would call like more sports car kind of design things like basically really, really high end elite cars that they only even make a few of them and are super expensive, beautiful, beautiful designs. And it looks really cool to drive them and they're super high tech. And so you have all of this credibility for all those brands that I mentioned. And then we get to a scene in the movie where you and Jay Leno are walking through his car collection. And you get to this point in the movie where you tell him about your latest project, which is this uh, it's called EVTOL or EVTOL, uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing jet. Yeah, it's it's like a kind it's like a kind of a flying car, I suppose, a kind of a flying vehicle. In, in the movie, Jay Leno kind of like pauses and kind of looks at you like maybe you're a little bit crazy. Is, yeah, it, yeah. Is, is that how most people react to what you're doing now? Well, yeah, but I don't know why because most of us have seen the Jetsons and haven't scoffed at that, you know. Uh, the Jetsons is, is that uh, cartoon that all of us thought will never live the day when when we see something like that actually in our society. But like anything that, that comes along, it always seems impossible till it's done. And I didn't get into the uh, design of this EVTOL electrical vertical takeoff and landing jet because I thought it was a, you know, a science fiction project. I got in because it was... It's absolutely coming. It's not there yet, obviously. We don't see them above us in the skies yet, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. There's going to be a development phase that we get through, and it's going to be a big help to society in the sense that, not that it's going to replace cars, but it's going to be another way that we can use to unclog the roads a bit. It will be viable for anybody to, to, to go in one of these. It's not a VIP service or anything like that. It's 
definitely a way for for everybody pretty much to afford. If you can afford a taxi uh, to go to a destination, you definitely be able to fly in one of these. You know, the the worry is that you know they'll be running into each other like we saw in uh, you know, a few films that have shown these things, but they're not going to be most definitely at the beginning not privately owned. They'll be run through services different companies can have them and pilots will be trained to fly these and it will enable people to go from one place to the other very quickly it'll expand our daily living spaces or the, the rings that we work within you'll be able to extend your 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 daily activities to further points outwards the thing that worries most people is am i going to be safe like uh, when jay kind of raised his eyebrows and i said that well obviously we're not going to fly these unless they are safe we can't get certification or approval to fly unless we're we're safe. So you're going to be flying in something that's already been proven and pretty much, you know, tested thoroughly in such a sense that you don't have to worry about that. If we look back, you know, a hundred years, but over a hundred years, we'll see that people were pretty much frightened to get into a moving vehicle or a, a car. Getting off of a horse and onto, into a car was, was terrifying for a lot of people because, you know, most people didn't think people were, supposed to be going that fast you know uh, it wasn't a natural thing and, and uh, wasn't it henry ford that said if we would have asked people what they wanted they just would have said a faster horse so yeah no it's going to be a, a bit of a, a big change in mobility for for society but that's coming and and you can see all the benefits especially when when it's electric i i think I mean, if you look from the sense of adventure i think it's going to be very exciting um, the younger generation, I think, will accept it fairly quickly. So it will be exciting. It's coming, and uh, there's no, you know, uh, holding back uh, progress. So it's uh, good from my point of view to be in on the on the first phase of development. I guess to be able to, you know, say, okay, we've influenced what these things are going to look like and how they operate, and basically created the new age of mobility. So this is really exciting, and it strikes me that. You know, the idea of a flying car is almost a cliche when you talk about the future. I've, I remember a commercial from a while back, like a bunch of people saying, where's my flying car? I was promised a flying car and this isn't the future I was promised. And that's a cliche that you hear a lot. And I think the answer to that is, well, flying cars, you know, are, p- people will say, you know, flying cars are impractical or kind of the future just went in a different direction. And they have always seemed like this kind of fanciful, like Jetsonian thing. And what I what I think is so fascinating about you is like, it does seem kind of crazy until you think about, until I think about like the experience that you've had and the places that you've worked and the, the gravitas, I suppose, or the experience that you're bringing to this situation. It it mm-hmm. gives me hope as someone who personally would love to fly around in a flying car that, uh, that, that this thing could actually happen. So talk to me about, talk to me a little bit more about science fiction. I mean, you said that you joined this project because it's not a science fiction thing. It's real. You also mentioned kind of being inspired by the Jetsons. And I, and I, in the movie, I actually was taking notes during the film. There was something you said about the, the, the desire to turn science fiction into reality. So can you talk to me a little bit more Mm -hmm. about what inspires you from there? A lot of it seems, like I said in the film, a lot of it seems like science fiction, but the fact is it's not really science fiction because you know, it's just, um, it's just, I guess science fiction is probably just a word to say it doesn't exist and uh, it might come, it might not. But designers don't really think in that realm. In that realm, they think about how to better the world, how to make the world a better place to live. And you just don't stop progress. Progress is always bringing something 
new and fantastic to the world, I, I personally don't see it as uh, science fiction. I just see it as getting the jump on, on other people coming up with ideas and researching them. Obviously, you don't just have an idea and think it can turn into reality. You obviously get your inspiration from different sources, which I've always sort of gone back to my my rock of inspiration, which is nature, and use that as the, the way to, to turn crazy ideas, I guess you could say, into reality, because in nature, it's pretty much everything has been, you know, it's, it's out there. It's just what you have to do as a designer is be curious enough to, to, to seek out how nature approaches you know, solutions for for our problems. And uh, nature always finds a way. It's um, survival of the fittest out there, but nature always finds the, the simplest and best way to, to make something happen. If if it's not a good solution, it'll die off, and another solution will come along. It's timeless. The way nature inspired you know the, the solutions that nature comes up with is is pretty much a, a. It's not trendy in the least. It's something that will last and will always tend to be the best solution to a lot of these things in nature. You know, you can see chameleons changing color when you put them on a certain object; it'll change to that color. If you did that with an object today, you would think it was magic or science fiction, but you know, nature does it. There, there, there's so many different solutions in nature that seem like science fiction until you actually get into it and find out how, how it's done. Then, then the magic disappears and it becomes something incredibly uh, powerful, incredibly inspiring, and allows you to do what seems impossible and, and turn it into reality. There's an example in the film of this when you talk about the sailfish and looking at the kind of scales on this fish mm. and that being the inspiration for kind of the, the skin or the exterior of, of one of the cars you designed. Can you can you give an example uh, for the project that you're working on now, this EV toll um, electric flying vehicle? Are there any things from nature that are inspiring you now at this stage for that? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, the, the coolest thing about about what I'm working on is that I'm not restricted by any laws of, of how an airplane has to look. So when you finally see these things above you, don't really expect it to look like an airplane. Um, I mean, for me today, the, 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 the shame about aircraft design is that uh, they're mostly purely engineered. Nobody sits down and designs an airplane to look good. It, it's pretty much a, a fuselage with wings attached to it, and uh, it works but it's not really, for me, what I would call optimized design because if you do look at, like like I was mentioning earlier, how nature approaches it, what's weird is that fish are probably more aerodynamic in a way than birds are. I mean, fish, we don't speak about aerodynamics. When we're talking about fish, we speak about hydrodynamics, but water is a much denser medium than air, so naturally, if you have to go faster in water, you're, you're, the shapes we're talking about for fast fish have to be much more optimized than, than a bird. And that means that if you could take that fish out of the water, that shape, and put it in the air, it'd be a lot more effective if it was a bird at the same time, if it had wings. So yeah, I could almost say that if you're going to look for inspiration in an aircraft design, look under the sea for solutions that would make that airplane be much more dynamic, much more elegant, much more uh, entertaining or, or interesting to look at, too. If you look uh, at fish, you'll probably start to get an idea of what I'm working on to be what we fly in the sky soon. And there's an elegance 
also in, say, manta rays or, or sailfish even, in the way they flow through the water with a lot more elegance than any of the aircraft, for example, that we see today. And the trouble or the challenge, I wouldn't say the trouble, but the challenge now is at the same time, it, you know, if it, if it looks right, if it, if it performs well, we still have to package um, the interior such that the passengers fit in properly, are comfortable, have great vision angles, have enough luggage space. It's it's designing the inside and the outside of a fish pretty much is what we <laughs> should be seeing wow. in the sky soon. There's a scene in the film where you're talking to some students and you say this quote, which I really loved, and I, I don't have it verbatim, but basically uh, when you're designing the future, like you're, you are the deciding factor as the designer. You're not guessing, you're literally saying, this is what I want to see in the future and then designing that and, and helping uh-huh. to bring that into being. But at the same time, you're obviously very conscious of what is actually happening in society and what people actually need. So how do you think about that balance there mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're either an artist and you're just doing beautiful things or designers putting together art and science together. And, and that carries with it a bit of responsibility in the sense that you can you can make a difference. All designers have that responsibility if, if you want to be taken seriously as a as, as somebody who can make you know, uh, a good design, you have to push the limits to a point where you're doing things that might seem almost impossible to a lot of people when you're doing them, but that's just what good design is. Frank, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Are, is there a specific place that you want to promote the, the movie? Is there a specific venue for that online that is preferred for people to go and see it? Well, I mean, it's available on Amazon Prime. It will eventually, I think, at the end of this year, come out on Netflix. But Amazon Prime is a way of getting it either as a DVD or digital download. Um, So, yeah, it's it's out there. It's uh, really happy with it. It's doing pretty well. You never think your own work is going to do good because you you don't you, you shouldn't judge your own work. But it's it's doing pretty good, so I'm very happy with it, and I, I'm glad the message has gotten out to not just the car people, but a lot of people in in interested in design and, and a lot of creative people who just look at it. There's a bit of inspiration in the sense that it takes a lot of hard work to get there, but if you're willing to put in that that hard work and stay dedicated and motivated, eventually whatever you do does get recognized. And, and if you've really nailed it, it goes to the top and all that work and uh, sleepless nights and coffee do pay off You know, at the end. It, it's job satisfaction to the max. Frank Stephenson, legendary designer of cars and now a flying car and the star of the documentary Chasing Perfect, which is available on Amazon Prime right now. Thank you so much for joining me today on Kotechi on Tech. My pleasure, James.